Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's episode is uh, a little different, a little unique. Um, definitely one of the more sort of uh, emotionally intense episodes we've had thus far on the podcast. Our guests this week are Ravenna Neville and Peter Farlow, two Boston-based runners and, and two of my good friends who happened to be uh, gay runners as well. Ravenna runs for Tracksmith and is a marathoner, and Peter is a sprinter slash multi-eventer who runs for Greater Boston Track Club. Um, We talked a lot about our experiences in the sport as uh, LGBTQ runners, um, and we really um, shared a a lot of interesting perspectives, And, and although we are all uh, gay runners, we, we definitely came at it from very different angles. I'm sure many of the listeners have read an article on the subject I wrote for Sidious Mag a couple months ago. Um, this is not going to be repetitive. Um, it's a, it's a very different look at the issue. Um, and, and whether or not you have read the article, you'll find a lot to, uh, enjoy, think about, um, in this episode. Uh, not to worry, it's still a lot of fun, still pretty goofy, and uh, we didn't keep it too serious the whole way through. So I hope you enjoy. Happy Boston Marathon week. There's going to be a lot of content coming your way from the podcast this week as, as some of our great friends and, and great athletes are in town, and hopefully we can get as many of them on to, to get some long run talking as possible. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, and in the meantime, I've been David Melly, and this is Run Your Mouth. I'll just swing it is the theme of this podcast. Perfect. Then I'm all ready. All right, welcome to Run Your Mouth, long run talk for long talking runners. I'm your host, David Melly, and I'm here this week with two delightful guests, two of my very good friends, uh, Peter Farlow and Ravenna Neville. Neville? Yep. Neville. Like Neville Longbottom. Like Neville Longbottom. Yes. Easy and us. Yes. All right. How is everybody doing this morning? Doing good. Excited yeah. to be here. Great. Rav is rocking the shades on the podcast. Uh, it's really sunny for from some, this angle. For some great so. <laughs> Instagram content later, for sure. Um, yeah. But how's everybody doing? How are your week's going? Pretty good. I'd say I had, had some long days at work, had some short days at work. It's been a little, little mixed. <laughs> Ravenna, you are a like real full-blown capital L lawyer. <laughs> yes, um, it is correct. <laughs> in addition to being a runner and uh, marathoner specifically. Yes. So you, you have a really just nice, relaxing schedule, I right? do have yeah. a very open, very flexible schedule, yeah. Um, but actually, no, it's been, I guess, funny enough, like a more regular work week, which feels like more of a nine-to-five, which is the antithesis of usually what my job is. So uh, it feels very... When Rav and I run together, there's no shame in the fact that at stoplights, we'll both be, like, checking our work emails, <laughs> like, during the run. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of what time of day we exactly. run. <laughs> you gotta be on call. Yeah. Um, well, great. Well, we are here, uh, you know, in the, of course, eternal theme of the podcast, but now especially, uh, the Boston Marathon is coming up, um, and we are about 400 meters from the finish line right now. What do you guys do on Marathon Monday? 
Um, I guess it starts by making sure that I have the day off from work. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good place to start. Because <laughs> some people at my company have, have mixed that up before, and I'm always afraid that I will, but, you know. It should be a national holiday. It really should be. Yeah, I just think regardless it's if you I, want to watch it. From I didn't know it away. wasn't a national holiday until I was in college. <laughs> I was like reference. I'd be like, oh, Patriots Day. And people are like, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's not a. Day. Oh, you mean it wasn't just Boston inventing a holiday? Yeah. <laughs> um, then after that, um, say get get some breakfast, have a couple beverages, and and go into Boston. Gotta be hydrated, you know. <laughs> exactly. Where do you where'd you watch from last year? Um, I was close to the Sitco sign last year. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So right in That's an interesting spot. I don't know if I've ever been over there. Was yeah. it like all just BU students? It was pretty crowded, but I didn't get the vibe that it was only BU students. Very different from the, the going over the Newton Hills over by BC, which <laughs> is just the most annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the easiest places to watch from. You don't have to go yeah. first thing in the morning because there's so much space that you can mm-hmm. pop over like, yeah, right before the elites definitely. are going to come and actually get a good view. I love watching a Newton. That's, well, I mean, I grew up there, but like, yeah. I, I, we usually watch like over by our apartment in Cleveland Circle, um, and, and that too is like, it's not quite like the finished stretch, so it's like pretty spaced out, but it's like also a very uh, entertaining place to watch. <laughs> I should say that last, last year I was by the Sicko sign, but I, I think actually um, growing up, I realized this is a better spot. It was actually in Wellesley, which is close to where I grew up in Needham, um, because we'd go near the Wellesley Public Library, which is the halfway point, um, and then it, it's kind of a, a nice checkpoint to kind of cheer everybody on uh, from there and blast living on a prayer and sing it, you know? Oh, oh yeah. We're halfway there. <laughs> Tell the runners for extra motivation. That's for my team. I'm sure they, uh, <laughs> they appreciated that. They did. They um, definitely ran faster. <laughs> Rob, where did you watch it last year? Um, last year I sadly watched it, uh, from my office, uh, <laughs> not through a window, but on my computer screen. Do you um, have the day off this year? Uh, yes. All right. So good. hopefully get a better view and the weather should be pretty good. I think Is it? so. I haven't looked yet. Well, I should knock on wood because Ooh. it may, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it might, uh, <laughs> it might snow considering it, yeah, is, the it is a polar freeze oh outside. Oh my god. Yeah. No, we, I had um, one of my buddies is running and was like, shot me like a screenshot. He's like, this is Boston weather for the marathon day. I'm like, it's three weeks out. Like, if we were three days out, I wouldn't trust that forecast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, whatever whatever gets you through, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, although Ravenna is an accomplished marathoner, we are not here to, to talk about the marathon. Um, we are here to take a slightly different um, approach uh, so everyone on the podcast this morning is is a member of the LGBTQ community, um, and uh, has all run in college as a gay athlete, um, and that is still a fairly rare, interesting thing. <laughs> um, there's been definitely a lot of like um, good outreach in recent years, and and I might ask. Peter to talk a little about the, the stuff that you did in college, but um, yeah, that's still that's still a new thing. Um, so I guess my first question for you guys is like, how high school, college, coming out, being a runner, how does that all interact for you? Uh, Peter, if you want to start us off. <laughs> no small question. Uh, no, it's We're a, starting with the big stuff. Just yeah. go it's big. A, it's a large question. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of places to 
go from, and I'm trying to think of kind of the best route to do that. But maybe uh, maybe I'll start kind of in, in high school, and then you know just to kind of follow a chronological. Well, so you you came out super early. I did. Yeah, I came out when I was fourteen. Is oh, wow. definitely like unusual, especially at our like at our age for that time. Yeah, um, it I I came out early, and I think one of the things that helped me do that, and I'm sure that you'll hear this from every gay runner, but, <laughs> I mean track and field. Um, where I, I came out early, but by no means was I sure of myself or even my sexuality when I was that young. Um, but kind of coming into a sport that is so like individually deterministic really helped me kind of find my place in my identity, I'd say. Um, I think that kind of feeling like maybe I, I wouldn't have fit in with other sports and other, especially other team sports, um, I think the fact that running is almost exclusively, you know, what, like effort X that you put in, you know, equals your output Y, um, is kind of inspiring. And I, I think if, like, especially, you know, coming out of the closet, but really any, any personal struggle, I think running is, is a sport that kind of mirrors life in your own individual effort. Um, <laughs> so I think in... In high school, like running was a, a huge help, and I think nobody really in my high school, which I grew up in Needham, it's it was a, a generally accepting place, and there were there weren't really very many other out people at my school, but it you know at least we had kind of media role models and people did know other you know queer people, um, but I, I think coming out of high school was kind of exciting and scary at the same time because I kind of got to define some of those things and nobody. Nobody knew that many gay people in my school, and now you know there was me who was an athlete, and I think it, it made me think. I, I, it makes me feel good to think that you changed thought. everything, Peter. I guess, yeah. I, <laughs> it's all better now. No, I'm just no that is definitely uh, interesting and and not standard for sure. And I I would be interested to know sort of what. That so so I'm um, you know obviously anyone who's seventeen years old is not fully in grasp of like their identity but <laughs> you definitely I think went into college being at least a little more aware of that part of yourself how did how did that transition go um, the transition to college was interesting because like like anybody going to college you kind of there's kind of a a gap in your identity when now you're with people who you don't really know and it's kind of it can be a chance to redefine yourself. Um, for me, it was kind of scary because it meant I had to come out to everybody again, which is, I'm sure you guys would agree, like, kind of scary <laughs> coming out to people who you don't really know. Um, and now I had to do it again, and now I had to do it in the context of, like, my my coaches and my, like, the locker room and my, my uh, roommate who was also on the team. Um, and... I don't know, what, what was it like for you? <laughs> I'm kind of stalling a little bit. I got to... I gotta um, so I had... Friends. So I'm a little older. So I went to... I graduated college in 2010. So I didn't come out until college. Okay. Um, although I wasn't fooling anyone before then. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I had... I had a funny story. I kind of tested the waters like my senior... Going into my senior year with my friends in terms of like coming out and it wasn't 
super well received. It wasn't super well, I don't know, embraced. So obviously being, you know, full of self-confidence as we were talking about beforehand, I <laughs> kind of, you know, did what anyone would do, which is date a guy, obviously. So um, I had a high school boyfriend my senior year and then we broke up for probably very obvious reasons, but you know, for irreconcilable differences. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then going to college was kind of this time to like redefine and be able to go in. But it was interesting because I want, I like really wanted to be myself, but at the same time, and actually I thought of your article, David, from Sidious, um, just talking about how you're kind of like, you want to belong, but then you also want to be true to yourself. So I didn't want to come out immediately because I was still very concerned about people defining me only as being like the gay athlete and like that being my only defining mm. characteristic. And I was like, well, I have all these, you know, great qualities about myself um, besides just being gay. And so I was worried that I was going to be tokenized. Um, and mm. I went to Wesleyan, which for those people who don't know is not located in Wellesley, Massachusetts, but <laughs> Middletown, Connecticut. And it's a very liberal and very, um, say, gay the, school. The token straight runner. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I was the only gay runner. And so, but then I realized through, you know, basically through everything that <laughs> it was going to be fine and I could be myself and then also be a gay athlete. But, um, yeah, so I had a different experience, but I, and I don't know if, I mean, I say that like I'm, you know, I'm five years older, but I don't know if it's timing wise. It's just kind of interesting what the landscape is now well i've i've thought sometimes it, it can be kind of a, a gendered issue yeah. even coming out because i think that is definitely I, true i think as as a male athlete like it was i mean it's definitely scary but at the end of the day it was a little easier for me to frame it as like i'm i'm breaking this negative stereotype like mm -hmm. which I, I don't know if that's the best way to frame it but at least that's kind of what i was able to kind of tell other people or, or myself or something like that and mm -hmm. sometimes that was um comforting and that's not always like the, the stereotypes for female athletes are, are different and oh, that's for sure not as sometimes not as positive but certainly a, a totally different landscape mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely i i think for me it was it's interesting like it's nice to be able to like you're saying like define your own narrative or whatever but i also ended up more after the fact, but, like, becoming kind of sensitive to the fact that, like, it's not a black and white, like, oh, like, I'm a gay runner, so, like, now it's fine for, like, everybody else. Like, right. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. especially, like, I think the way, not, like, I, don't, I wouldn't say I regret anything or that I, like, did anything wrong, per se, but, like, the way that I came out or, like, was out on the team when I was, like, the first gay runner in college was definitely, like, within a sort of, like, either by design or, th or through accident, just, like, a very narrow, like, socially acceptable, just, like, oh, it's just, like, me and the bros, and, like, I'll make a joke about, like, sucking a dick, but, like, <laughs> it's, like, and then, like, some of the guys that sort of came in after me, like, were, like, not to, like, you know, go, like, full, like, sociological <laughs> interpretations, but, like, like, presented as more feminine, or, like, we're not necessarily, like, comfortable with like mm -hmm. jock culture per se and like I, I, I wonder sometimes if it like can 
it, it sort of goes both ways. It's like one way it's like, oh, it's like easing people into like the idea of like having gay teammates. Right. But then on the other hand, it's like setting up like kind of a, like the, you know, like moderate versus radical like identities of like, oh, like, are you just like contributing to like heteronormativity by like not really pushing any boundaries and like really actually like screwing other people down the road who don't necessarily right. like fit into boxes as easily. Right. Um, that, oh, I was going to ask you guys if you had to address any, any homophobic language on your teams. Cause I know like within sport culture, it's, it can be pretty pervasive and I'm wondering if that was an issue you guys ran into. Um, I'm trying to think. I had actually, so I didn't have to, well, I, I didn't have to, like, directly address, like, homophobic culture on, like, our team, but mm -hmm. definitely, it would still take, like, take me aback if somebody would say or, like, use any negative language, like, on the campus, I think just because Wesleyan is this bubble, and then, anyway, but um, I had someone who, actually a really good friend of mine, and, and said person, I don't think un understood kind of what they said, um, and I'm only using uh, gender neutral pronouns because I don't want to call this person out, but they said, you know, I really would have uh, judged you if I had known you were gay when I first met you, <laughs> which is a really weird thing to say. And, and, you know, they weren't saying it in the sense of I wouldn't have been friends with you, but just my perception of you would have been very different. Um, and so that was like the only, and I, I don't know if that kind of hit me more because it was someone that, and this is, you know, after I've been friends with this person for like, you know, most of college and that sort of thing. And, and that I feel like is the exact thing, at least for me personally, that I was worried about, that that was, you know, they were going to see this one label versus, you know, me as a whole. Yeah. And I, I think for, for me, I, I didn't see like a lot of and, and I think part of it is just my own personal personality where it's like yeah like try to fuck with me <laughs> but like I, I definitely I do remember like I think like one of like literally the first couple weeks um I was on campus as a freshman and like yeah being on campus as a freshman is scary but like I I'm a very outgoing like <laughs> type a person I think for it was absolutely yeah <laughs> um but like uh I, one person, like, in a workout one time said, like, something along the lines of, like, that's so gay, or, like, don't be gay, or something like that, and then, like, immediately caught himself, and, like, that's the only, like, explicit time, and I think people just, like, I think in whatever, when, whenever we went to college in 2011, like, there was enough of, like, among, like, relatively enlightened people, there was enough of an understanding of, like, at least you don't, like publicly say stuff like right. that and, and I don't, you know you never know face. what would happen behind closed doors I think in some ways I think I definitely took a rosy-eyed view of it because I definitely have talked to other people on my team who have since come out as gay or have since come into the college mm -hmm. um who are not as optimistic about how accepting my team was but I think for the most part people were like pretty good I got a lot of like um one thing that always, like, makes me uncomfortable is, like, uh, someone will, like, come up to you, like, usually, like, drunk or whatever, and it's, like, yeah, yeah, you're, no, it's, like, you're gay, but, like, you're not, like, gay. Oh, <laughs> no. Cringe. Yeah. Cringe. It's, like, well, thanks, I guess. You're, like, like I'm not a fairy, thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, David, that you use the phrasing, like, behind closed doors to kind of describe 
the sort of polite company of, of using homophobic language because I, I think now that um, our society is kind of examining its its treatment of, of gender issues and gender roles, the locker room for men is sort of a safe space. And I think my experience was actually that I, I encountered not a, a ton, but a lot of like either slip ups or intentional homophobic language in my locker room. Um, and I think from your team, like from your from team, my or teammates, just yeah. yeah, and that like nothing intentional, and nobody was trying to mm -hmm. hurt anybody. But I had to, I had to address that a lot, and a lot of the, and eventually it became um, kind of an old habits diehard type situation mm -hmm. where somebody would use homophobic language in front of me and immediately apologize, like David mentioned. But mm -hmm. that wasn't that wasn't the case starting out, and I I kind of was suddenly like a non straight guy in this in this safe space for straight men and that was kind of a step for I think my teammates to kind of re-examine like this is you know this relationship that I have with you know gendered issues mm -hmm. isn't just in polite company outside of you know the world it's it's within closed doors because now you know I have teammates that feel this way mm -hmm. um, and so that I think that was hard as an underclassman for me um, because there's kind of a there's a hierarchy, you know, in college of freshman, mm -hmm. sophomore, junior, mm -hmm. senior, and as an as an underclassman, I felt really self conscious about calling out my teammates for homophobic language or actions um, when they were older than me, mm -hmm. and definitely when I was a junior and a senior, and then captain, you know, that was easier to to deal with because then I felt you I had, had the power. power. But there's there's a lot of power imbalances still there, and for so sure. I th I think they they can be difficult to address, but um, then. Now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up for everybody on the podcast, but like fortunately, all of my teammates, probably if you ask them like you know are you an ally, they'd be like oh yeah like I support I support gay rights and and stuff like that, mm -hmm. which is well um you know that that's important to me. But I I will never forget the the one teammate I had who at one point when I was an underclassman an upperclassman made a homophobic comment in in my locker room, and he saw me kind of cringe when this other teammate inadvertently said this. Um, and he said something about it and he said, he said, Hey man, like you can't use that language here. And, um, I'll, I'll never forget that. Cause I think out of all of the examples of, of allyship that I've, I've seen amongst my friends, it was that, that one guy who stuck his neck out for me, uh, and said what I was afraid to say, uh, really had a big impact on me. Yeah. I think like taking this sort of like locker room dynamic sort of, I think for me at least like the, the team changed a lot like both like culturally and like demographically when I was in college so like it was just like a very different team junior and senior year and mm -hmm. like you know whether like I would like gay people being on the team being a part of that or not like I, you know it's like it was definitely like a more uh, progressive team um, and like I always think like I always say like the true like allyship is like like not it's never, like, in words, at least for me, it's, like, it's always in actions, and, like, the locker room is, like, a perfect example of that, of, like, you can tell when people feel weird about it, like, especially, like, like freshmen coming in and stuff, and, like, yeah. the, like, you know, some of my, like, best friends on the team and, like, teammates or whatever, it's just, like, they're super cuddly and goofy and, like, don't <laughs> give a fuck, and, like, are, like, the, the idea that, like, you know, it's like the classic, like anyone who knows the Cornell team, it's like the the mental image is just like a bunch of dudes cuddling in like one <laughs> small bed. Like, and stuff like that is like silly, but it you also... You guys are the bears, right? Yeah, or like big red, big but red. yeah, our mascot's the big red yeah. bear. But like, like, 
silly stuff like that also just like really does it creates that safe space of like resonating being like oh like you are show, you are protected from harmful yeah like, and just like yeah. toxic yeah. masculinity we don't we yeah. don't have to like you know like shy away from like oh like you know I might get gay cooties if like our like butts touch <laughs> uh, yeah our our sport is already a little outside of kind of the 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 more traditional team sports and I I think that that's one of the very core identities of track and field that makes it more open to to queer athletes yeah you know before we move on I you actually said something that made me think of one of my questions but before we move on uh-huh. um, did you have anything on the the locker room issue Ralph? Um, I'm trying to think. No, I don't think so. I think, and again, I think it's definitely, to Peter's point, like a gendered Mm -hmm. thing. I think women, you know, for that benefit. Also, I think it is, it can be more challenging for guys to, to come out because of whatever the society's stereotypes are. But, um, yeah, I don't, our, we had our own, like, team room anyway, so there was certainly not any. And also, admittedly, Wesley and his, like, people run naked through, you know, the quad and everything, so it's probably uh, in even more of a bubble. I'm, than, actually, I'm yeah. not familiar with that with that track event. Is that, is that, <laughs> that naked run? Oh, yeah, it's a 30-meter it's a dash. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was never good at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, well, that's a track event I want to be a part of. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, so backing up to, to what Peter was saying, track and field is a opening, a very, like, alternative sport like you know yep. definitely like a different you know weirdos is like I said in the city of article yeah. so why are there no gay pros I don't understand Truly an <laughs> there are gay pros <laughs> there's like one there's there's at least one former gay pro too yeah well the, there there are some and, the, and, the, and it's it is I think I can name I, I'm gonna say if we can name five right now Matt Yano yes Colin Jackson okay Sean Barber Sean Barber, mm-hmm. um, Castor Semenya. Mm-hmm. See, this is like ridiculous. Th- th- yeah, yeah. There must be more that I'm not thinking of, or something like um, that. Also, there are no women besides Castor Semenya that yeah. you just mentioned. But what? Which I find very hard to believe. <laughs> there must be. There. I can't think of there. There's an uh, Australian couple that are sprinters. That uh, I think are professionals. They've yeah. like competed at like Commonwealth Games and stuff. Yeah. Um, Again, we are struggling to hit five. That's true. <laughs> and I, it's it's interesting because like we so we like pat ourselves on the back, um, and um, it, it seems like we are doing like it's like oh we're so like because I because I also think like especially like you know, let's run notwithstanding, hi Robert, like, <laughs> track and field runners are also, like, politically more, like, progressive, typically, mm-hmm. like, especially right. the younger generation, like, and, like, there's definitely, like, you know, like, a lot of the, like, you know, everyone's, like, very, like, let girls run, like, girls are just as, like, you know, like, they're, like, we try, we have all these weird nominal ways that we, like, support, like, equality in yeah. sport, but, like, but it's true that, like, Apologies to Matt Yano, but like, there's, I, you know, I probably follow, you know, 200 professional runners on Instagram, mm-hmm. and like, there's not 20 of them that are gay. <laughs> like, no. It's it's difficult, and I think it touches on the stuff that Ravana was saying before about not wanting to be pigeonholed into this that like this thing. kind of the token gay athlete. Right. Um, I think 
and maybe maybe there's also an issue of sponsorship money. I'm not really sure what the what the financial climate is like for running because I'm I'm not familiar with it. But mm-hmm. I'm sure if if that's your livelihood, you probably are less likely to want to risk that. But right. I'm I'm sure kind of the the fear of being tokenized might be might be greater than that. Yeah. But I do think though that that's like I don't know, I don't want to like name names or anything, but I I do think like. You look at, like, Adam Rupon, mm-hmm. and, like, he has built a brand, like, a very successful brand out right. of his identity. Mm-hmm. And I think especially for... And being unapologetic for his identity. Yeah, also, well, and just, and just like, looking at the way that professional running works, it, like, there are a lot of people who are not necessarily, like, the most accomplished athletes on paper or, who, or, or famous athletes especially that, that are disproportionately valuable to their brand because of the the followings and the the personalities that they cultivate the mm-hmm. kyle mervers of the world the Corey mckees of the world like not that they're not great runners in their own right hi friends um, <laughs> <laughs> but like that like i think you know even they would be like the the first to admit that like the that they're People are fans of them right. because they are interesting people, right. and you feel like I feel like there's such a void in the sport for someone to be that like, or for a bunch of people <laughs> to, be to be those that. people, right. and for like little, little gay runners out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I joked with Kate the other day that I was like, oh, like you know, get like you, you know your bosses to sign me, like I'll be like just the token gay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, it's fine. I embrace that role now. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, though. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like that, I'm not fast enough, but, like, in the event that <laughs> someone is fast enough or, like, is clo- approaching fast enough, like, that is, a, I think that's a smart investment for a company. I agree. Not yeah. to, like, be so, like, Machiavelli about <laughs> it. But. No, I think that's true. I mean, and again, and I don't, you know, this is obviously, like, such a buzzword, but I think visibility is really important because, mm-hmm. again, we're struggling to come up with five people and... I don't know, it's like what comes for, do you need just other people to just step up and even though they're saying, oh, I don't want this to be my only, that's, this isn't my only thing or like whatever, but people stepping up and saying, okay, I'm going to make this really visible and um, I won't use this as my Instagram crush, but mm-hmm. I will give um, Nikki Hiltz a shout out who is an Arkansas runner and she and her teammate started dating and they're like really adorable on oh my Instagram. God, that's amazing. And um, yeah, so they're awesome and you should follow them. But so I have that, both of them are quite fast and so I think that they could also be part of like a new wave of oh. professional gay runners and giving more visibility. And um, so you should follow her, Teresa Hayes, because they're awesome. So I love that. Follow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting, and, and I think part of it is that like it's an like we live in such a little bubble as you we've talked about, right, but right. I think track and field is one of those worlds, or like specifically American track and field and like NCAA and beyond, where like you do you do are exposed to a lot of different people, and like there's a dominant culture in the U.S. the yes. like Trump land culture that like we don't think about necessi- necessarily. Right. Like, right. Yeah, sport is a. <laughs> microcosm of, of society as a whole and I, I think that when we're looking at this in, in terms of running we can't be entirely surprised that like the, you know people aren't 100% accepting both of like themselves and being publicly out and, and possibly other, other people because it's you know these issues are, are still out there and, and track and field is certainly not in a vacuum yeah I definitely 
It's, it's interesting. It's been a very sincere podcast so far. <laughs> too, is it, it too sincere? No, I love it. I yeah. know, hopefully people like it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that like we like, you know, it's like I feel like especially like I've, I've known Peter for, for longer and like one, one of the reasons that we became such good friends like early on, like mm-hmm. literally freshman year of college was like, oh, you have this weird, like this unique perspective that I have that is totally foreign and never gets talked about mm-hmm. in like because it's like you know you sort of there's the platitudes of like embracing differences blah 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 yeah. and like but like <laughs> there's also like there's all this all this stuff that like does like kind of getting down the weeds in it like whether it's like you know really like intellectualizing about like our identities or mm-hmm. just being like so are you afraid of getting boners in the locker room <laughs> 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 like both of those things like are like you know worth talking about you right. know and, and and you know maybe some more publicly than others <laughs> yeah. but, like, but it really did like depending it, on the circle. not to be like all like whatever sincere about it but like it like changed my life to like meet peter and like have someone to talk to him it about does it's so. that that's beautiful that, that representation in that you know in that um what was the word that you used Ravana? uh visibility that visibility yeah. really matters and i think that's i'm i'm glad you said that david because that's that's why, you know, at, at every stage in, in my process of coming out and my track and field career, I've thought, like, you know, how visible do I want to be? I'm sure that's, for you guys, that's crossed your mind, too. And every time I've, I've kind come of as pushed, a surprise I've to pushed no for that, that, like, that closeted <laughs> yeah. runner somewhere. And, like, you know, so if sometimes if, if I'm uncomfortable being especially visible, like, I mean, in high school, like, like taking a guy to prom or, like, taking a, a, a guy to, like, my formal of track and field senior year um it was always like maybe i'm uncomfortable doing this but if i just pretend that i'm not uncomfortable being this visible yeah then that's gonna let somebody else be authentically comfortable in the right. future mm-hmm. and that's like, what visibility is about yeah. we've already mentioned the the famous sidious article but, <laughs> um like even like last, the other week <laughs> well the, i mean and that was exactly you know why why i wrote that but also like um watching Love, Simon the other week, and I was talking, um, I know, I'm sorry, I watched it without you, Peter. How dare you? (laughs) Um, But, like, literally, you know, and it's like, I'm 25, like, comfortable in my own skin, like, came from a super progressive, like, community, live in a super progressive community, but, like, watching that movie, I'm like, like, and I'm not a movie crier, I cried, like, three times, (laughs) just thinking, like, this, like, some little kid who's, like, 13 who just, yeah. like, has never, like, is going to go to the theater and watch this movie and be like, oh, <laughs> and that and that kind of stuff, like, doesn't, and, he, and even specifically in a, like, you know, campy teen movie way, because it's like, yeah, what are you, like, as, like, a seventh grade kid, like, kid going to be like, I'm going to go see Moonlight. Like, yeah. You know? yeah, that's yeah. it. See what, uh, you know, Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet are up to. Like, <laughs> that stuff is, like, great and, and you know, quality right. art. But that's definitely from our, like, our demographic. Yeah, like having that. just, like, a, like, yes. kind of, like, vanilla, basic-ass, like, yeah. John teen, Hughes. Yeah, yeah, teen romance mm-hmm. story that's just, like, dudes. It's, like, was, like, was so, like... Like, I feel like it's like, oh, right, like, gay movies don't have to be, like, mired in tragedy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just be like, cute. Not everything is Carol. <laughs> like, oh, God. Or Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, oh, my God. Just only Crying for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I think we covered um, most of the good stuff. I, I This came up on a previous podcast, but I'm, I'm now interested 
with you guys, mm-hmm. reconciling dating and running. Um, that's something uh-huh. that everyone, you know, it's, it's a fascinating topic to me, and I think it's something that people think about um, in our community a lot. We can start with Rav, because you are uh, dating a wonderful, delightful, one of my favorite people, she non-runner. Is. She <laughs> is, yeah. Um, she is asleep right now. She <laughs> wishes everyone the best. <laughs> she was like, I am not going to get up at 7 to go and <laughs> listen to your podcast. Um, but yeah, so Felicia and I have been dating for close to six years now. Um, so she is not a runner she is the farthest thing from <laughs> a runner. Um, we actually started dating conveniently when I was training for the Boston Marathon the first time. Um, and so uh, I think she was shocked into having this like extreme <laughs> training or just like volume of miles that I was doing. And so her expectations right? <laughs> so I feel I feel as though I set her expectations at one level. So if I'm not, training at that, training for a marathon, than just regular running. Seems, seems so reasonable. So sane and approachable. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's very approachable. And, um, but yeah, and I, th- I mean, I guess more to the, the greater question, I'm very much a believer in having a lot of things going on in my life beyond just running. And it's a huge part of my identity and how I like found myself and all of that good kumbaya sort of thing. And my best friends came from my college team and um but I think it's really great having a partner who's not a runner because she's really she kind of likes taking on more of the team mom approach and she's really (laughs) into going to races and um is and she actually will maybe not admit this in public but I'll do it for her like follow Sidious Mag now and then one of my my favorite things was we were we had we had just gone to Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher, oh, which is like a to... very gay time across the board. <laughs> that, that might take another hour of um, this podcast. But we were walking, and we were like talking about just like the weekend, and Felicia was like, oh, we woke up this morning and watched the US 5K championship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely like, unprompted. Molly wow. Hill ran so well. Yeah. I'm like, this is goals right here. <laughs> she was like, it was so impressive. <laughs> She's also a yeah. chef, which I think just like totally apropos of all the rest of this, like if you're going to date someone, right. yeah. date a chef. It's the most <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. So everyone should just, you know, that's yeah. the baseline that we're starting with. Right, exactly. We can all aspire to that. Yeah. Shout out to the table where she works. Anyone nice. needs <laughs> a over there. delightful meal. Peter? Um, so I. Are you going to run up, get up, and leave? <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm not. <laughs> it's far too early for that. No, I think it's it's an interesting question. I think it, it definitely. Um, I think complicated the optics that I was concerned about when I was in college, because um, I was I was not the only out person on my team um, at UMass Amherst. There were there were others. Um, there were others. <laughs> they were they were also both four hundred meter hurdlers. Hurdlers. So we Interesting. All, and one, there was a, one year where we were all the same event group. So gayest event track and field <laughs> might be the four hundred meter hurdles. Wow, we should really look into that. That could be episode. Pe- two. Peter has a lot I, of compelling. I am. <laughs> Hurdling is David, a gayest David, your yeah. your next podcast issue on this, like we're diving into the the hurdles <laughs> specifically. Why are the hurdles? So Wait, this, and are this they? can bring us back to your Instagram handle being Chaser of Steeples. Yeah, which I feel like is the other theme, the underlying theme of the podcast is. Yeah, I'm just I'm you know extra gay because I have more <laughs> hurdles. <laughs> You're very flexible. Wow, wow, full circle. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think there was. 
I, I say optics, that sounds very PR, but I, th- like, related. But I think that um, we were all close friends, obviously, and it's the same reason that I'm close friends with David today, is that, it, and, and now Ravana, now that I've met <laughs> you, um, like, that kind of the, the reconciliation of these identities being, being a, a gay runner, um, it's, it's strong and it's, it's comforting to have somebody with the, the same experiences that you have, and it's, it's nice that you not only see people who might advocate for you, but also can represent you and your feelings. Um, and so I think from that outside, like people, that's still a stereotype that exists, right? Like two gay people, well, all right, they must be dating or, or whatever <laughs> they else they're doing. Dating. Exactly. <laughs> they should date. They like should they, date. Yeah, like yeah. they're in the locker room together. Like what are they doing in there? No, like it's, and it, I think it, it made other people on my team think like oh these they're not doing anything they're just they're just friends like I know that was kind of a concern with some coaches and, and at one point my teammates I gave like a kind of a Q&A panel discussion with all of the um, UMass coaches from all of athletics which was one wow. of the most terrifying things I've ever done but I'm really <laughs> glad that I did it um, sounds really terrifying it, <laughs> yeah it was um, but I'm glad I'm glad I did I'm glad I, I represented myself in, in front yeah. of the other coaches but um, I think they were certainly concerned about that and I, I hope what I um, explicitly told or at least implied to them was that like if you have if you have one person who's out it makes it so much easier for other people to come out and in a, in a situation you know there there are more gay people out there there definitely still are and so if other people come out like they might be friends but don't don't like worry if they're dating or anything uh, also, if they who are cares? dating who cares yeah. although I mean like any college coaches love them. meddling Right, that is like true. they love meddling. In oh yeah, my lives. coach would always hit me up for the gossip while I was doing her little <laughs> Although that being said, I do think your mom still thinks that we're dating. <laughs> she probably does. Yeah. Does she hope that you're dating? I would love probably. to have Peter's mom probably. as a mother. <laughs> but, uh, not gonna happen. <laughs> All right, uh, my last fun thing before we move on is uh, the you know people always say like oh like someone's like oh my girl crush or like my man crush like I that is like much as that is a silly term I do think I it's a funny idea to think do you have do you have any uh professional running uh straight crushes (laughs) (laughs) Peter do you have a girl crush in professional running um I um I really like following uh Reese on Instagram she's a professional long jumper for Nike uh she won gold in London in 2012 um, yeah, and I just, I don't know, I, I like her personality, I, I like the, the stuff that she does on Instagram. It's a great mix of, of interesting long jump stuff, because I am a multi, you know, multi-event track and field runner. Um, and also, you know, like cute kids, cute dogs, like, it's a, it's a good mix. It's, I think it's, it's hard for a professional runner on Instagram to get a good balance of, like, they're running and they're... And I I, I mean, I mean, for my own very superficial enjoyment, like I don't, I don't like not withholding anything about their own lives. Um, But like, if if a professional runner doesn't, exactly, if a professional runner or track and field athlete on Instagram doesn't have enough running photos, I'm like, no, like I don't, I don't care that much about your kids, your dogs, or whatever. Like, show me more running, and then if they have too much running, I'm like, no, like show me something else outside your life. Like, be multifaceted for me (laughs) for my own consumption. There's only so much force. But I think that Brittany has found a great balance, and so. I like following her on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I think purely, well, yeah, well, purely because I think he's very funny. I'm going to say Scott Fobble. 
um, and it's his burrito mafia, and he has a really adorable dog. So he's hitting on a lot of really good burritos, dogs, points. burritos, dogs, really beautiful running landscapes and Flagstaff, and he seems pretty funny. So it's funny, dude. Yeah, so he's gonna I'm, be uh, in town next week. Yeah, weekend. he's running the BA five k. So. Uh, yeah. Not to spoil anything, but uh, oh, there we go. It's a good guy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would say this is a very hack answer, but like Jenny is Bay always, like Jenny uh, Simpson. Um, I'll marry her great. in a heartbeat. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, Shalane also. Like these are very basic answers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but they are all great, and that's that's what makes it yeah. uh, a delight to follow. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but I would I'd totally. Marry either of those two great women if they were not already married. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so we have a... We're running a little short on time, but but we have a quick game for us. Um, this is not necessarily... Oh, wait. Before we move on. So the other thing I wanted to talk about is <laughs> specifically... I thought about it because I was talking to one of my roommates the other night. I'm trying to explain a gay meme on <laughs> the internet. And that, like, they... and. Uh-oh. The gay culture, I never think of, like, my, like myself as, like, participating a super amount in gay culture. And then I realized that there's just, like, a whole bubble of, like, gay Twitter, Memes. gay Instagram that, like, yeah. people amazing. just don't, like, um, like, the she doesn't have the range meme. Like, people just don't know what that is. <laughs> like, um, the, like, there's so many, like, I, like, I don't watch Drag Race at all. But I like yeah. know a lot about drag race. You, you, from, could, like, you could hold a conversation just exclusively. On the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it's no. pronounced GIF. <laughs> Do you have you come across any great uh, gay memes to introduce the the straight audience to recently, and mm-hmm. or? Do you feel that uh, there are some that just the world needs to know about? Not necessarily recently. Oh my God, you're tapping into like what seventy five percent of my brain is used for these days, <laughs> memes. Um, <laughs> I'd have to scroll through and I can't think of any off the top of my head that I'm comfortable sharing on a podcast that will be put into Well, this is... Oh, actually, we can talk about this. So there's... I, I think both of you follow this, but there, there's an account on Instagram called uh, Best of Grinder. Oh, that <laughs> yes. It's like specifically... Yes. It's like Fuck Jerry, but for like gay memes. Yeah. And it's like... It's one of those things where like... You can go to like... You know how you can see like what of your friends follow an account? Yeah. And it's literally like... 30 gay dudes and then like two girls. <laughs> but it's a it's a great uh, it's a great account. Highly recommend if you're I was talking to Johnny about it the other night and he's like, I gotta follow Best of Grinder. I'm like, no, you're not allowed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten out of ten would recommend two best uh, of friends. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I will say though, only mildly connected, I finally watched uh, the new Queer Eye on oh, Netflix. Oh, so good. And <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah, I teared up. But anyway, there are, but there are a lot of memes about, uh, Antony and his inability to cook, or yes. Ken, so, <laughs> that he, it's, for those of you who don't know, he's the, the, like, food and wine of the Fab Five, and every, like, food recommendation that he gives these guys he's making over are very basic things, like, the first one is guacamole, and so there have been a lot of, uh, you know, gifts off of his... How much cooking can he really do? And I yeah, think he's it's... actually a very accomplished chef, and that's just what he's been. You know, there's only so much humor that you can put in yeah, <laughs> these it's, things. It's but... very interesting how there's, you know, 
one guy's like redoing the man's entire wardrobe, and right. one is literally renovating his entire house. The renovations and, and Anthony are insane. cooked a hot dog. <laughs> he showed him how to make. No offense, cheese. Anthony. Like you're you're beautiful. Yeah, like, you're no. definitely the cutest. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, by far, by far the cutest. But well, that's like the. Do you know? Do you know the gays can't drive meme? Is that something no. that has? has you're memeing like three levels. At, Above me, yeah. Yeah, you're like think, 4D memeing, and I'm playing checkers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know where I'm it came back. from, and again, <laughs> this is impossible to explain to people who don't like understand this. But like, there's this like recurring joke in like gay Twitter that like gays can't drive, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> and, like, yeah, where does that come from? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like both like that they're bad drivers or that they like physically are unable to drive. <laughs> I like, thought I was in gay Twitter and I guess I'm not (laughs) I I think it came from like Tumblr or whatever but like you know it's like there'll be like some like uh, you know something like news about like Teslas or something and someone will just like retweet it and be like this is homophobic gays can't drive (laughs) (laughs) but well let's 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 draw a distinction between Gay Tumblr or gay Twitter here. If that's well, what. yeah, that's a whole separate category. We don't have time in this podcast to get a, into that. Yeah. I think we need a second edition. Yeah, part two. Exclusively gay memes. <laughs> Hashtag content. The world we live in. 2018. Yeah. Alright. We are really running low on time now. Um, but we do have time for, for this game. So this is called Pick Two. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you three things. It's cut and you off can, from the chart, so we well, really don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, you can only pick two of them, so you got to give w- one thing up. Um, so, like the classic example, like in college, people are like, oh, like, school running social life, like, you have to pick two. That is the most PC one you could have chosen. Yeah, these are all, <laughs> these are all pretty PC, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we can start off, so I, ha- I have a couple examples here. Beer, coffee, dessert. Oh, God. I give up dessert. I would also give up dessert. I need beer and coffee. I think I would give up beer. What? I like sugar and I like coffee. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say that all you've named th- my three vices. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a desperately difficult decision, but I think I'd have to give up dessert. Probably for, well, I don't know, for my well-being, but tough to say. <laughs> what circles? Um, how about jeans, corduroys, and sweatpants? I'll get rid of corduroys. Corduroys? I don't. I don't corduroys really. Are so comfy. I don't really what? wear corduroys, no. so I guess I'd have to give those up. But I don't. I don't wear sweatpants that often. Wait, do joggers count as sweatpants? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. then I'm giving up corduroys because okay. I do wear joggers. I think I might give up jeans. I, I probably will give up corduroys, but like yeah. my alternative is that like I don't wear. Although I did get an amazing pair of jeans recently, are, but I don't wear jeans that much. Like no. they're jeans. No, these are just like I pants. It. I don't know what these are. I yeah. <laughs> I will say finding a good pair of jeans is challenging. That's a constant. Um, singing, dancing, napping. I'm a horrible napper, so I'd probably give up napping. Yeah, I'm not a big napper either. Yeah. I'm a horrible singer, so I'm going to give up singing. There you oh. go. <laughs> napping is very... I cannot... I should, are you sure you guys are runners and you're <laughs> napping? I can't. I don't, I don't, maybe I just, it's all the coffee. Uh, probably. And but the I dessert. Just, if I do nap, I just always just wake up feeling like garbage. I, always, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm never oh, I rested. I didn't say I was good at napping. Like, I definitely, like, uh, I'm going to take a nap at 5 o'clock and then sleep for 4 hours. Like, I've wrecked my sleep schedule <laughs> napping, but I still mine, do it. A friend of mine takes a two-hour nap every day. She's That's... a teacher, and she still can sleep, like, eight hours. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Her. I know. A two-hour nap in the middle of the day? Is she an infant? Isn't that like what <laughs> infants do? <laughs> I, I wouldn't A disagree. friend of mine, she's a teacher. She's, she's also an infant. She, she's very advanced. She's basically duty houser. <laughs> um, the, let's see, uh, beaches, mountains, lakes. Ooh. 
guess I give up lakes. I keep the beach, keep the mountains. But there are lakes in mountains. Yeah, I think it's, it's so like, like a hiking have... situation or like no. a mountain lake situation. I know. Yeah. I give up mountains. Fuck mountains. Fuck mountains. <laughs> I'm not a skier. I'm not a hiker. That's yeah. Tr- yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of the skiing thing, but that just really cements my position as yeah. keeping the mountains. Uh, I can't, uh, I'll say lakes. All right. Yeah. It's a tough one, though. Yeah, it is. That is a tough one. All right. Uh, TV, movies, or music? Does Netflix count as TV? Yes. Then I give up movies. Uh, I th- the dramatic silence. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. Uh, do you, do you last... go like watch a lot of movies in theaters? Is that what's kind of troubling you? I do. You know, I wish that I went more. The last uh, one's really hard, so. Really. Oh great. Uh, my my lovely uh, partner doesn't love going to the movies. I actually like going to movies by myself sometimes, which is incredible. I like going to movies by myself. Yeah. Um, I, I might I might say TV. Although it's hard because they're starting to blend, blur lines they there, really but anyway, we'll go with TV. I couldn't give up my Parks and Recs slash The Office oh. slash Arrested Development reruns. Oh. I think, yeah. honestly, it's hard. Yeah. I don't know. It's, you're it picking be, really hard ones. You've now, yeah. now everyone's going to know like what are all of my <laughs> guilty pleasures. It might be movies, but... For a while there, it could have been music. I went through... No. Really? Well, so, so after my last significant breakup, and, I, and I've always been a big podcast person in general. That's why I'm here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but after my like last significant breakup, there were so many songs that would just like make me insanely sad to oh. listen to. Like I'm a huge Adele fan, and like Adele had to be taken out of the equation entirely. <laughs> like Joni yeah. Mitchell, like any of that stuff. Like... And so I went through, like, a really weird, like, months-long phase where, like, I almost didn't ever... Like, I guess, like, like if you, like, go out and, like, are dancing, that's, like, different. But, like, I never, almost never, like, unilaterally listened to music. Any is, of the, like, the feels music? Well, or just, like, because the, all of that was such a large section of my music taste before that then yeah. got cut out. Like, I just kind of ended up, like, I would go, like, long periods of time where, like, I would just, like, only listen to podcasts and never listen to music. So... Not necessarily a happy reason. <laughs> um, this is the last hard one you're saying? Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Lovers, friends, and family. Lovers, friends, and family. Oh my god. This is like one of those deep philosophical, like... Oh god. <laughs> yeah, hour deep you're in the podcast. You're a sick, sadistic the, person. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You're not going to let me just take the easy route and opt out, are you? No, I love that our little audience is thinking about it, too. Yeah. I'd like to take a strong... My cynical thing is that, like, I, you know, having no lovers in my life right now, I'm just like, well, there you go, we're out of here. I feel like I'm, like, damned if I do or damned if I don't right now. Yeah, someone's going to be mad at you for this answer. Someone's going to be mad because they know that I'm doing this, and so they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to listen to your podcast. What the fuck? It's really hard. Maybe that silence is the I just answer right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, what it, would you, so you would give up lovers? Well, right now in my life, probably. But like, if I had a relationship, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's really like. That's hard. That's one of those ones. Like, I really maybe we'll feel have like a I'm... second pot. We'll have a second podcast about gay memes, and then a third podcast just about that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you guys for for coming on. We have one final big three. Same three questions we asked of all our guests, rapid fire style. Okay. Um, hopefully you're you're a little prepared for it, but we've we've talked a little already about it. But uh, 
What is your Instagram crush? It can be a, a person, not a person, account, hashtag, whatever you want it to be. Start with Ravenna. Um, so I, I will admittedly, I did do some research <laughs> last night. Um, I think, I think it might, for a, for a new one, because I've gotten some great recommendations off of this podcast, um, is accidentally Wes Anderson. So it's all these different, uh, I'm getting a shout out from Taylor. I'm familiar um, with that <laughs> yeah. genre. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically all of the images are different places all around the world and they have that Wes Anderson-y aesthetic, um, like pastels. Pastel and, and Yeah, and like yeah. very impressive of all. So anyway. Um, that's like that's... there's a there's a great Twitter account called One Perfect Shot, which is like just ran like they just take like one good shot from movie from like any movie mm-hmm. and post it every day. Oh, that's always good. if you like film, that's a good one. Yeah, mine is gonna have to be Jerry of the Day, which is uh, <laughs> a ski related Instagram account um, that I actually only discovered this past ski season. But I I really enjoy skiing, and it's basically an account filled with like videos and pictures of. People wiping out while skiing, or people just making fun of people who are just starting to ski and are like wearing their helmet backwards or something yeah. like that. Um, and it's incredibly funny. <laughs> I'm sure I'm on there somewhere. Oh, I'm, I'm so gonna, bad at skiing. This isn't technically Instagram, but uh, I'll throw a shout out to, to some of my friends in Sidious. They, uh, Kirsch and Ryan Sterner, and I think also with some help from Sarah Cotton. Did a photo journal of that speed project uh, race yeah. that was LA to, to Las Vegas, and they took like all these beautiful, beautiful like panoramic running through the desert photos that they put up online, um, which is a cool, a cool ten minutes of your day if you you want to look at some just yeah. like dope shots of runners. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Go to karaoke song. Someone hands you the mic, and uh, it's your time to shine. Uh, you go first. This is. Incredibly embarrassing, but um, <laughs> I usually go for like some Creed song, <laughs> wow. like with arms wide open, like some. It's it's to the point Full where you, irony. you almost like <laughs> don't even need to know the words. You kind of just like, <laughs> <laughs> like you kind of just. It's a good croon. Melt it out. Yeah, I have a strict four drink minimum for karaoke too, so I'm always in a in a good place. Yeah, when I yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that like. None of it's not vocally a challenging song at all, like mm-hmm. which is great because I'm a terrible singer. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of one of those songs that like everybody kind of forgot about, and they like listen to it on the radio. You don't realize how goofy it is until cool. someone is embarrassing themselves on stage trying to sing it. Just full, um, full gyration so trying to get the, that. Yeah, I like to do that. Yeah, that was uh, that reminds me of my my joke. This the. the Way to do a perfect Ariana Grande impression mm-hmm. is just falsetto and don't pronounce any consonants of any word. Sounds like you're ready. That's gonna sound right, yeah. <laughs> That's gonna sound good. Um, we can auto tune that in post, right? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Go to karaoke, you're out. I might, you know. On the complete opposite scale, I am also an awful singer, mm-hmm. um, and this is not a easy range to hit, but I'm going to go with Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance nice. with Somebody. Wow, challenging. Um, because that's my favorite song that comes on at a wedding. Oh, that's a good <laughs> Every one. time it comes on, you just can't not dance. Um, so such I'm going to go with that. Good call. Probably good need call. a four four or five drink minimum to yeah. make sure that I can hit all those highs really well. Yeah, Or at least... Think that you are, right, which right. is more or at least important. Just, yeah, 
Maybe it should be that the audience should have at yeah. least four to five drinks, and then they, they can really see. Also, fun fact, Whitney Houston is buried in my hometown wow. of Westfield, New Jersey. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Sad. Sad, <laughs> sad. You're making her proud. <laughs> yeah. By drinking and her, her songs at yeah. weddings. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm in keeping with the theme of the podcast. I, I was going to go with a little Charlie XCX Boys. Oh. Uh, great song. Oh. Super annoying to sing to other people. Karaoke <laughs> isn't about the audience. It's about you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really. Exactly. Yeah. And last but not least, Death Row Meal. You're going to the grave. What's, what's the last thing you're going to eat? Anything you want? Peter, you want to start us off? Uh, I made this recently, and so like, and I was gonna say steak, but now I'm gonna say it has to be reverse seared ribeye steak. Wow! Yeah, like a nice Ooh, pink, fancy pink steak, like nice crust, like like I need potatoes in at least three different forms, like mashed potatoes, like French, fr- like potatoes are love in life. So yeah. Like, <laughs> at least All at least potatoes. some mashed potatoes, maybe some French fries. Yeah. Maybe like a, like a chocolate or vanilla milkshake, and maybe like a side of some. Roast Brussels sprouts or something like that. I think I'm a, I can die happy with that meal. It's a very well balanced meal that you Thank just you. said. Um, oh, and wine. Red. I think. I think I'd go with like a really good burger, with all the fixings like caramelized onions, mm. um, bacon, uh, medium rare, and nice like toasted. Like buttery bun, anyway. Yes. Um, French fries, double fried, because they have to be super crispy. Mm. And then it'd be hard, but probably do a milkshake and a beer. Nice, because you want both. <laughs> yeah, both you go very fit. well with the meal. And if you're gonna die, you gotta just make sure you get it all in. Go out the right way. Yeah, you gotta go out the right way. Yeah, mine is not necessarily a balanced meal, but I was just thinking of. I always feel so gross after eating them, but then, like, if there's no after, like, whatever. But, like, I would just take, like, an entire box of frozen mozzarella sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Preferably from Trader Joe's, but I'm not picky. And just, like, just eat all of them. Just, like, one after the other. Uh, Just, like, taking them Just, like, with marinara sauce? Or or just... Just cut out the middleman. Just... (laughs) Really just like You're straight, gonna cut like, out the condiment? Just bread and cheese That's to true. the system yeah. as fast and as gr- greasy, greasy as possible. Greasy as possible, yes. yeah. And then the other thing I was gonna say is that yesterday, for the first time in probably 15 years, I had a cream soda. Ooh. and forgot that cream soda is amazing. And I don't know why I don't have a cream soda every week. I... But, uh, and I guess I don't even really drink soda in general, but cream soda. Yeah. Going in there. So Shout good. Shout out to the cream soda. All right. I have to try one. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank, thank you for Taylor for for the baked goods as always. Hard mm-hmm. Baking Co. Thank you for the, coming and, and listening to our ramblings this morning. Yeah. For being so candid with your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, it was and fun. Until next time, I've been David Melly, and this is Run Your Mouth. Run your mouth.